Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast brought to you by FamilyVisionMedia.org. Check us out, share the show, and help me welcome in one of my, she's, she's just like a rock star, but also <laughs> the best person. Like if you're at a conference and you want to sit down and have a thought-provoking, stimulating lunch where you laugh, or maybe you just want to get into learning about new businesses that um, were literally, they're thought up and created by Janelle and her husband. Welcome in Janelle King. She's a co-founder of Speak Georgia. The website speakgeorgia.com. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Stacey. I'm happy to be here. All right. So let's talk about this this new thing. And, and actually, maybe I'm not saying this right. Speakgeorgia.com. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so Speak Georgia is something that we actually created it a few years ago. We were only able to host about three events before COVID, but we created it because um, Kelvin and I both are very influential in our communities as it relates to politics and just kind of conveying conservative principles to um, particularly minority communities. But um, we found ourselves, you know, just talking to people in general. And uh, what we noticed is that there was a number of people who, or several people who are just, you know, they're, they're, they're connected to politics, but they, they receive their information from either one source or it's just kind of, and it gets convoluted and, you know, the telephone game happens and you, you, you hear about a particular topic and then next thing you know, it turns into something totally different. So we wanted to figure out a way to connect subject matter experts directly to the community. And um, with our, our, our work in politics and what we, in, in business, we've been able to cu- cultivate really strong uh, relationships with people who are, um, I guess you can say, on the inside of um, various policies and creation of policies and things like that. So um, so what we did was we host these interactive town halls where we invite um, the community to come sit in front of a subject matter expert, and we do not do a back-and-forth discussion. We literally ask one question, and while that question is being answered, the other questions are being generated from the audience. So people can come, hear, hear that we're going to talk about a particular topic, they know that there's going to be a subject matter expert there, and they pretty much come with their their questions already pre prepared, and so um, um, so we they they bring their questions and we you know present it to our guests, and then the guests will you know share and answer questions. And what I love about it is that although we lean conservative and we're conservative, um, our 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 nonprofit is not political, so. The, the audience is made up of all type, types of political backgrounds, but these are just people who want to know about the particular subject. So we did one on the heartbeat bill, which is now resurfaced, <laughs> um, given the whole uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. And um, and then we did a, a, we did a Speak Georgia where we talked to Jerron um, Smith, who came and talked to us about the First Step Act. And uh, we did another one for small business owners. And so... It's just our way of just connecting people to the community, and we're working on a couple of sit downs um, in um, in the fall where we'll bring in um, some some pretty high profile people to talk about some things. And again, it's not to be political, um, but these topics unfortunately have crept into politics. <laughs> some of our topics, but it's mainly just to make sure that our community has um, their questions answered 
and that they are they have access to people who can give them the correct information. So I love that. And I'm on the website, speakgeorgia.com. You have home events, media gallery, news, and contact us. And of course, a donate button because you are a 501c3. And you have a list of events. When I click on events, it shows me that there's a Speak Georgia town hall. Um, this mixer location is to be determined. And then you just go from there. There, You can scroll down and see a lot of the different things that you just mentioned about individuals who've spoken in the past. And you're going to have more things coming up now that we've emerged, thank God, from the pandemic, which leads us to, because yeah. the information that you're sharing with people, you're informing them so that they can make better decisions in the ballot booth. And and also all over, like, because I, I find when I know more about a subject, especially something that I'm not naturally inclined towards, if I go to a luncheon or something where a speaker presents, that actually filters its way into other conversations and decisions that I make, because I'm now informed on a subject that previous to this, I had no, like, the, it just wasn't a part of my lexicon, Janelle. So let's right. talk about th- this is a, a really hot state that you're in. Um, the midterm elections in Georgia, of course, there's been so much nasty talk from Mitch McConnell, you know, uh, lead, he's the minority leader in the Senate, about the low quality candidates that we have in the Senate. So we possibly won't be able to take the Senate back, just the House. First of all, I don't know who taught him about down talking himself and how negative speech can really negatively impact your future. Obviously, no one had yeah. that chat with him. But talk to us about that and, and the midterms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is actually very, very close to us, and particularly the Senate race, because my husband, Kelvin King, ran for U.S. Senate this go-round, and he, didn't, he did not come out of the primary, Herschel Walker did. Um, but as a result of it, we learned a lot. You know, we traveled throughout the entire state. We um, are the, we're the only candidate that campaigned in every county in the state of Georgia, all 159 counties. And we did it in 28 days, which was interesting. So we spent about an hour and a half in each county, and my husband was speaking about seven times a day. So it it was it was it was a lot of work, but we learned so much about this state. Primarily, what the concerns are, the needs, and what's driving this state. And I, while while I feel like we're in a position where Republicans should be able to pick up as many seats as we would like, because all of the the, the concerns that are, are plaguing people in general, um, they're all issues that we typically win on. The economy, um, you know, values, core family values, things of that nature. Um, but Georgia is a very unique state. And this is why what we, well, what we were trying to convey is that, number one, we're in the cradle of the civil rights movement, right? And the civil rights period. We're in, we're in Atlanta, Georgia is here. We are. We have more um, black entrepreneurs and major uh, and, and minorities in general um, that are are that are in the upper echelon of success in this state. We also have very rural communities and very urban communities as well. So we kind of. We to me, I feel like Georgia is a good snapshot of um, the nation because there is so much diversity here in so many different ways. And so when we look at this, the, the races that we are, we're up against, um, it's concerning that it does seem like there's going to be a split ticket, unfortunately. Um, I don't like the way Mitch McConnell worded what he said, um, but it's also weird to me that um, that he's discussing it or, he, or he's he's losing confidence in, in candidates that he endorsed and backed, you know. So 
they're every all of these candidates had primaries. So, um, you know, there there was an opportunity to find quality candidates. And so I do think that, you know, at this point, we need to work on what we have and work moving that forward. I think the momentum is here in Georgia, primarily being pulled by our governor, which is um, awesome. You know, Governor Kemp did a lot to support businesses. Um, there obviously was backlash and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of infighting within our own party due to those who felt like, you know, Governor Kim didn't do enough when it came to the election. But that has since been resolved. I mean, I think we're all, the base is aligned, the base is ready, they're all backing him. And what's, what's really cool about the, our governor's race is that um, Governor Kemp is pulling Democrats from Stacey Abrams. He's mm. definitely pulling the undecided in the middle um, and he, like I said, he's maintaining the Republican base. So he looks like he's in a good position. Um, but, you know, when we have, again, so much time left and we have we, we're, we're, we're quickly approaching November. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen on the other side of Labor Day, because during the summer, everyone kind of relaxes a little bit, but it picks up pretty quickly right after Labor Day. Um, so I feel good about our governor's race. I most certainly I feel I feel really good about that. Um, obviously, there are some concerns around the Senate race um, just because there's been a lot of unforced errors. But I do believe that if the momentum continues to maintain and if Democrats can't uh, can't you know harness momentum on their side, then we should be able to win. Because we are about we, right now, we're at about forty nine percent on the Republican side. Um, you, you, in Georgia, you have to have fifty plus one vote, fifty percent plus one vote, in order to win outright or not go into a runoff. So we're really close to having that. If you know, we didn't see, um, if we don't see, I'm sorry, the uh, momentum grow on the left. But they're trying everything, and um, I know most recently, Stacey Abrams made a comment you know, where she stated that black men, um, if, if, you know, that's going to be, if she can win if she pulls black men. Well, a lot of black men found that to be a little insulting. It's like, once mm-hmm. again, we're blaming, you know, the, the win or loss on men. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, at some point we got to take responsibility for bad policies, bad messaging and so forth. Um, so I, I feel good about Georgia. I, I do understand Mitch McConnell's concerns in general, um, but I do think that as long as the Republicans, we can maintain our momentum and stop the Democrats from picking up momentum, I think we'll be fine. So I, you, you, you said so much there. Um, I just, so Janelle, first off, I, I love when we as conservatives and, you know, people who vote for Republicans just when we talk as adults about what primaries are and then out of the primary. So yeah. out of the many one, right. <laughs> During the primary, mm-hmm. we are many and we're going in this <laughs> right. direction. A lot. And, and often what I find is happening. This is something that I, we continue. It's a hurdle for us to jump over as adults because we start learning these things <laughs> as a child, but it never ends. And mm-hmm. that is sometimes we don't get what we want. So the, the candidate we might feel is best right. might not be the one who emerges from the primary, but, at that moment, the question is, as it was with Donald John Trump, right, and and mm-hmm, Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. 
that was a no-brainer. Trump, of course. Right. Th- this is a right. known quantity <laughs> against another known quantity. So it, when right. we come that out of the... <laughs> right, it was easy. So then you come out of, of um, you know, let's say the primary in for, for Senate in, in uh, Georgia. We know where our hearts may have lied. We, we Some people were, may have been torn. But in the end of the day, if it's a Herschel Walker against, you know, Warnock, mm-hmm. a man who believes right. that he can stand in the pulpit of our living God and talk about abortion <laughs> as if it's a sacrament, obviously yeah. it's Herschel Walker. So if there have been unforced errors or things that have gone on in the campaign, so be it. I don't always get yeah. it right. No one gets it right out of the gate. But if it's between these two men, one of them believes there is a God. The other one is a mocking God. So we 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 have a clear choice. So out of the many one, we come into the general. We join together. We coalesce around our candidates. And it's the same thing with your governor. Um, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of discussion. There, there's some very angry people, very hurt feelings over things that have mm-hmm. happened. And and we don't delegitimize that. We just simply say. It's him or it's Stacey Abrams, another complete, you'd have to be an alien from outer space not to see that as a no brainer. But I find it Mm -hmm. very interesting that she would even go after the black male vote with the things that she routinely says about men. Like, so black men aren't men? Because if you're a man and you've heard her talk about patriarchy, this and the things she said, she really is the, a nasty feminist, the kind that you, you don't feel like you can work with if you're a man. I mean, I'm not a man, but I would just be thinking to myself, man, if I was a man, she wouldn't be my, my candidate. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You know, that's something that I said on my show. I'm on a, a local show here in Atlanta um, called The Georgia Gang. And it's mm. kind of like The Five, but it's, it's local. <laughs> nice. and, um, and it's interesting because we, we talked about this topic. And one of the things I mentioned is that you know, she supports an organization, Black Lives Matter, that uh, actively seeks to remove men as the patriarchal figure in their own homes. And so and you wonder why, you know, black men are not acquiescing around her. And then her their response to men who don't want to support her is to say that it's misogynistic, right? That, you know, there are men who are just not going to support her anyway because she's a woman. To automatically assume that black men are not supporting you simply because of your gender is, is, is to completely ignore that black men have their own concerns. They're, 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 they, they, have, they have issues that are more prominent to them than this to, to us or maybe you know, as women. Um, it's completely reduced men down to uh, nothing more than individuals that's supposed to just go along behind women and do whatever we tell them to do. And that is what they're tired of. I mean, we have we have created this whole image or, or and not just not just an image, but we've created an entire organization around supporting women, particularly black women. And. And and we've done nothing. We've completely ignored black males and only pulled them out when it's time to talk about police brutality. And you wonder why they're not wanting to support you. Um, whereas you have Governor Kemp, who reopened the state early so that we were able to have business, like a lot of, lot of minority businesses and black business owners and black males were able to go back to work um, to start their businesses back up, make some income or to provide for their family. He passed constitutional carry, which now creates another safety mechanism for men to be able to protect their families. These are issues that are concerning to them, to them. And not to mention 
when when Governor Kemp first opened, that first week he opened, the first, he gave clearance to um, hair salons, beauty salons, and um, and barber shops. Because I guess no one thought about the barber who can't virtually cut hair. So, um, so <laughs> I mean, things some really- things are just basic, right? Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so things like that is why um, we are seeing a, um, a influx of, of particularly black males coming to, to our party. And I know I, when I talked to my husband about it, you know, he said that, you know, the Democrats' policies have been destructive to black men from day one, going back to the 60s. So, you know, we, we have to really look at this with clear eyes and make sure that when we're, when we're sharing why we should pick one person or the other, that we are, we are we're bypass the person and looking at what they represent, what their policies are, what values and principles do they carry with them. And that, to your point, um, is why we need to make sure we're supporting conservative Republican candidates. Yeah, and it and it's it's one of those things where, you know, as long as the primary is going on, you know, we might be thrashing mm-hmm. about a little bit. We might be, you know, it, it can get rough. But the minute yeah. the primary's done, you know, we we don't have the luxury anymore of saying, right. "Oh, the Democrats don't mean that." You know, the Democrats actually mean <laughs> no, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. They they mean what they said. And mm-hmm. uh, they they don't just mean that they're hiding a whole bunch of stuff in the background that they want to whip out. That's even worse than what they've already shown us. So there isn't really yeah. room for wavering once the primaries are done. And so we fight as hard as we can during the primary. You mentioned, you know, visiting every single mm-hmm. county. That's true campaign 101. Right. That, that, that's that's where you, you know, the pedal to the metal. And hopefully, you know, none of our work is ever wasted. God always takes everything that we do and he works it out for our good and for his glory. So that that work spent will be uh, recompensed many times over in the future. And I really feel that way. Um, But I, I just I look forward to seeing what we come out with in spite of Mitch McConnell's negativity, in spite of some of the other things that races that haven't gone the way we might have hoped. But in the end, the Republican Party does base its platform on what the founders actually gave to us, which is a republic, not a democracy. And it bases it upon what we see as the moral authority given to us in the scripture and protected by the Constitution. And that's the difference between the two party platforms. One is about Absolutely. feelings and the other one is about our God-given rights protected by our Constitution. So I'm I'm very excited about Speak Georgia. I can't wait till you guys can, you know, crank up the new the new season of speaking. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to, you know, finagle my way down in your direction. And, and uh, you know what I mean? It's like it's so hard to get awesome. out sometimes. But I would love to come down and, and uh, attend one of the town halls and, you know, firsthand listen to the experts. But until then. I encourage everyone to go to speakgeorgia.com and Janelle King, you have done so many fabulous things. One of my favorite parts of being a part of the uh, coalition Black Voices for Trump was that I got to hear you and your husband speak so many times, um, so many wonderful opportunities for us to hear from the two of you and learn more about what you're doing. And so blessings on all of your work endeavors, all of the different things and on your family. Um, Greetings to your husband from me. And certainly I look forward to seeing you sometime in the future. Hopefully it won't be too much longer. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds wonderful. Anytime you're in the state, please, please, please let me know, and we will we'll go out and talk and have some good time. <laughs> sounds like a plan. <laughs> so speakgeorgia.com is the website. You can also find that more at familyvisionmedia.org. Stacy Washington here. Thanks for joining us today. Janelle King, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me.